Well, welcome to New Life. We're so glad you're here joining us this morning. We're going to sing a few songs together if you'd like to stay and join with us. We're going to worship the Lord.
again, welcome to the new life. We are so glad you're here. Yeah. If you didn't get the memo, we're here to worship the Lord this morning, right? And uh, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad that God is here with us, moving in this room today. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we, it's, maybe we just find comfort in knowing that you are close. God, that we could call upon you in times of need, in times of, of despair, in times of mourning, God. And you're close. No one else can save it. No one else but you. And so this morning, may we just leave behind all the things we're carrying in. Carrying in this morning, the hurts or habits, things that are hanging us up. And may we just surrender those to you this morning, right now, right here, God. And call upon you to loosen the chains, to break the shackles. Spirit. And in your good pleasure, we all this is for you in Jesus' name. Amen.
slow things down for a moment and just kind of hit the pause button as we join together in communion. You know, this is such a, a powerful moment in the life of every believer as regularly we, we do this. And I know it can become routine. It can be something we just go through the motions, but that's not what God desires. In fact, Jesus said, he said, when you come together, do this and remember and that is the key to this. We're, we're remembering what Christ has done for us. We're remembering the price that he paid. We, re, we remember the sacrifice. We, we remember the cross, his body broken, his blood shed for us. And as we participate and, and do this together, it is the communion. It is the, the gathering together of us to, to remember and to commune with the Lord in all that he has brought and all that he has done. And again, you may have done this hundreds of times in your life, or maybe this is the very first time. But as we take the bread and the cup today, I, I want you just to imagine the, the incredible love that God has for us, the incredible grace that he's extending to us. That's what this time, that's what the bread and the cup is all about. So on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered with his followers and he took bread. And this was part of the, the Passover experience. It was something that they knew. They, they, they had done time and time again. Maybe like this for you. But Jesus stepped into this moment and he said, but this is different. This is my body that's broken for you. But they never heard those words before. But Jesus was reminding them that 
that this, this sacrifice was coming and we get a chance to look back and go, he did that for us. His body broken. Let's break this bread and eat together. Then Jesus took the cup and he blessed it. And he said, this is the blood of the new covenant, which was a, an agreement, a friendship, a connection between us and the Father. And he was establishing something new for us. His blood shed for the forgiveness of our sins that reconciled us back to the Father. Let's drink together. Would you pray with me? Father, today we just want to say thank you. Thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for the forgiveness that you offer. Thank you for the hope that you bring. And God, even though as we do this together, we're separated by, by miles. And uh, for some who are watching this, we're separated by states. Uh, we're separated by time. But Lord, in you, we are united together. We are your family and your, your body united together with you, the one, as our leader. And so God, we thank you for all that you have done. And we, we choose, Lord, to remember your love and your grace. And Lord, as we continue on with this service, I, I just pray that our, our hearts would continue to, to move in this place of of understanding and love and grace. We thank you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God, you're so good. May all these praises be for you, Lord. Our King of glory. We sing a song to bring you glory. your holy name on high. The Lord our God is strong and mighty. We praise the name of Jesus Christ.
I've searched the world But it couldn't fail me And man's empty praise And the treasures that fade Are never enough Then you came along And put me back together
God. And if there's someone in this room thinking that you can't in their lives, let me just remind them that there is a room full of people who will tell the difference, who will say there's nothing God can't do. In our own lives, God, you have come in and brought life and hope to things that just seemed lost and done. You breathed new life. And things that seemed like the end of us, God, you have brought a garden full of beauty and richness. And that is your love. And that is why we come together and worship you and praise your name. Because you're not a God who did something 2,000 years ago. You're a God doing something right now. For that, we love you and we worship you with all we have. And in Jesus' name, we say it together. Amen. Well, hey, I want to welcome you to our weekend service and so glad that you've been able to come join us. And like I say every week, I want you to do more than just be a spectator. It's more than just watching. I want you to lean in and engage in all that God has for you. That's why we provide resources online and you can do that through our app or uh, just go to newlifecc.com and you can see some of the Bible reading plans that we have there. And if you've never done that, I'd encourage you to jump in and just, just try it. Some of them are like four-day plans where you read a little bit, maybe a devotional and some scripture. Uh, some are five days, seven-day plans. There's some different things. And this isn't reading through the Bible. It's just reading around this whole idea of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's direction for your life. And maybe for you, that'll spur something more in wanting to take a deeper step towards him. There's stuff for kids and students, so make sure you check that out. You can also download, and uh, whether interactive or print out, uh, the note-taking sheet for today. So I hope you'll do that so that you're engaged really at a, at a different level. You can also text the word prayers to 30500 and know that we will pray for whatever it is that's going on in your life. We get those throughout the week and we immediately send it to our team and we're praying for you. So don't miss out on an opportunity uh, to just have some people be praying for you right now. Uh, also, if you want to stay current on everything that's going on here at New Life, text the word update to 30500 and we'll get you into that kind of text circle. Uh, the last thing is this, before we dive in, is this is your opportunity to respond in giving and generosity uh, back to God. And, you know, I've been watching this past week of some of the crazy stuff that's been happening uh, with the stock market. And there was a particular stock that, I mean, it was just crazy if you've read about it and how it's just gone through the roof. And I, I saw someone respond this way. They go, hey, next time you think that's going to happen, let me know because I don't want to miss out. And that was their phrase. I don't want to miss out on something like that happening. Well, I don't have any stock tips for you and I don't know, you know, what to invest in. But I can tell you this. God says is that if we'll be honest with him, if we'll be obedient to him and give back, that we're actually on the ground floor of blessing. I know some people go, I, I want to be on the ground floor of, of this stock that's going through the roof. How much more to be on the ground floor of what God wants to accomplish and do, how God wants to pour out provision and blessing in your life. And it comes as we're willing to say, God, I trust you. I believe in you, I'm holding on to you, and I'm going to give back to you. Now here at New Life, you can mail that in. You'll see the information below. You can go to our website. You can go to our app. However you choose to give isn't important. But it's this heart behind it that says, God, 
I believe in you. And I'm so thankful and grateful for all that you've done that I'm going to respond back in obedience and faith to you. And I'm telling you, that, that move will put you in the position. It will align you with where God is already blessing and how he's already providing. And you can experience his goodness that way. So don't miss out on that. Well, if you have your note-taking sheet, we're going to dive into this message today. Uh, We're still in this series called Direction in Choosing God's Way Every Day. So back in the early 70s, there was a massive culture shift that happened. And I know some of you weren't even close to being born yet, but uh, your parents were probably around for this. And here's, here's what happened. Up until that time, if you wanted to get something to eat, There was no Uber Eats, there was no DoorDash, there weren't any of those kinds of things. And so you had to go out. And so let's say you wanted, I don't know, a hamburger. Guess what? It came with lettuce, tomatoes, pickles, onions. If you ordered a cheeseburger, which was different, well, then you got a slice of cheese added on top. They even had commercials about this. In fact, one of the most famous ones went this way. If you want this particular hamburger, it has two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. That was the jingle for McDonald's Big Mac. But here's the thing. Maybe you hear that and you go, that sounds great. I don't like pickles. Well, too bad. You just had to scrape them off. You didn't like special sauce? Well, you should have ordered a different burger because that's how it comes. And as we would sometimes say around our house, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. I mean, that, it's just, that's just the way it came. But then, dun, 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 the culture shift happened. McDonald's main competitor, an up-and-coming fast food chain called Burger King, had a commercial with a world-changing tagline. And they said this, have it your way. What? No pickles? You got it. Extra onions? Of course. It's your burger and you can have it your way. And the world has never been the same. Now, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. And no, all of this didn't start with Burger King. But it did capture in this kind of weird way, a growing perspective and a growing desire. And what was it? It's all about me. That I'm worth it. And I deserve it. And I want what I want. And I'm going to do life my way. And that started to seep into everything that we do. And even today, we are more self-obsessed and self-directed than ever before. Oftentimes, we don't even care how it affects someone else. Think about what's happening on social media and online. People post things and they say things, they, they write things that are sometimes the most demeaning and hurtful and hateful things. And what it comes back to is, I don't care. Because it's what I think, or it's what I want, or it's what I believe. It's what I want to say. In our culture today, people are canceled because we don't like their views, or how they voted, or, or even that they're just guilty by association. Here's the reality. One of the quickest ways to forget about God and his desires and his purposes is to be consumed with self to be completely oriented around 
me. And Jesus had some pretty sobering words for those who were making a decision to follow him. In Matthew 16, Jesus said this. He said, if any of you wants to be my follower, now listen to this, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life, if you, if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And then he said this, and, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? And you hear those words and you think, whoa, what do we do with, what do we do with that? How do we even... How do we even fit that into life in, in 2021? Jesus calls us not to advance ourselves, but to deny ourselves. That's his direction. We're in this series. That's his direction and his guidance for us. He invites us to give up our way and to choose his way. So you're going, well, Dave, that's good. But how does that help me? guide the decisions in my life? How does that help me determine God's direction? And maybe you're sitting here and maybe you've watched the previous weeks of this or you've been, uh, you know, connected with them and maybe you're already struggling with how God directs us by saying stop or how he directs us by saying stick it out, hang, hang, hang tight. And last week when we talked about sometimes God's direction is to go and to trust him with the next step and it seems to all be internally driven. So how does this fit in to, to live selflessly? to choose God's way rather than my way. Well, here's a few things that we know. Obviously, God will never lead you in a way that's contrary to his word, specifically the Bible. He's never going to lead you in a way that that somehow, it's like, yeah, I know the Bible says that, but I want you to do this. He's always going to be perfectly in line with his word. He also won't lead you in a way that crosses his morals, values, and standards. God's not going to direct you independently of, of what those moral values and standards are. So the first place we go is, for God's, is to God's word for direction. But your faith-filled, God-honoring decisions and direction has a couple of other things in common as well. In fact, every time you follow God's leading and his direction, there will be a part of that direction that is not about you, but about others, about loving and caring and serving others. Remember, I've said these last few weeks that whatever you do and wherever you go, God's direction is to be holy there, to be like Jesus there. And part of that is serving and loving the people around you rather than just concentrated on yourself. When Jesus talked about serving and giving and loving that way, it was so contrary to to kind of our our natural cultural thinking, even the way that we just internally process things. We're always thinking about self, self self-protection and self-advancement. We're always in that way. But Jesus said that the way up is down. Loving Jesus by serving others. It's part of his purpose and his direction for you and for me. And if I could pick 
two words that so clearly highlight being a follower of Jesus. It's give and serve. Those become the hallmarks of what we do, is that we, we give, we live open-handed, and we serve, because that's exactly what Jesus did. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus said this. He, said, he called them together and said, you know that in this world, kings are tyrants, and officials lord it over the people beneath them. But among you, it should be quite different. By the way, this is verse 45. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. For even I, the Son of Man, came here not to be served, catch this, not to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. If you have your Bible out, whether it's digital or physical, I want you to circle two phrases where he says, serve others. Go ahead and circle that or highlight that. And then this other phrase where he says, I give my life, to give my life. So here's kind of this core teaching, this core foundation, this core value for us. Unless I learn how to serve others, and unless I learn how to give my life away, I, I'm not going to be like Jesus. And he's inviting us into this walk with him that we become more and more like him. And he served and he gave. And I may have really good doctrine and I may have a lot of really good thoughts or ideas in my mind, but if it's all self-directed and never about serving and loving the people around me, then somehow I've missed his purpose for me. Somehow I've, I've missed his direction. I've missed his way in this. God has something so great. God has something so powerful, powerful for us to lean into. If we'll trust him in this and discover his purpose, his plan, his way, his direction in serving others. So I'm going to give you a few things and I want you to write these down. The first is this. I am created with the DNA to serve. I'm created with the DNA to serve. That's that's one of the foundational purposes with which he created me for is I'm designed for it, to serve, to give, to love. I read this passage last week, but I want you to hear it again. Apostle Paul wrote this in Ephesians 2. He said, for we are God's masterpiece. I want you to hear this. You are a masterpiece. God designed you, created you, made you. He stepped back and said, that's what I wanted. And I know we like to I wish this was different. I wish that was this. I wish that. But God looks at you and he sees this work of art. That's who you are. And then he goes on to say this. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. He made you and I with a purpose in mind. And part of that purpose is to serve others, to love others, to give to others. Now, remember that God designed everything on earth for a purpose, right? There's nothing that just is, you know, just came out and he's like, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. Every, I mean, even in the animal kingdom, right? In nature, you look at all that and how everything fits within a certain order. Everything has a place in, in what we call the natural order of things, but really it's a God-directed order. 
And he has direction and order and purpose and guidance for you and for me as well. Remember our key verse, God says this, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. See, Jesus comes along and says, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. And it's the best choice and it's the best pathway for us to be more and more like him. And and since Jesus said, serving is what I'm about, then serving is a part of his design and his direction for us. He created us with this. So the other day, I uh, have this little flashlight that I keep in my car and uh, I got it out. I needed to check something and it didn't didn't come on. And uh, so I took the lid off. And again, I just keep it in the car. It doesn't get used very often. And when I opened it up, the batteries were all corroded. And not only were the batteries corroded, but now the inside of the flashlight was corroded. So basically, it's ruined. Batteries are ruined. Flashlight is ruined. Why? Because it sat too long and was never used. You and I, were created and designed to love and to serve. And when we're not used in serving and giving and loving other people, we get corroded and ruined on the inside. Doesn't take away our faith. Doesn't mean we no longer love God. Doesn't mean we no longer are wanting more of Christ in our life, but we've chosen to to kind of put a halt in this certain area that tends to block everything else. And it kind of corrodes us because what happens, it doesn't just simply exist in a vacuum. It's just like, it's not just that we just chose not to serve anyone else. What happens is is that all that, all that goodness that God's poured into us, we're bottling it up. We're directing it inward. And, And there's something that happens in my soul when it's just all about me. God says that I was made and designed, created to serve. And he's given me all I need to make that happen. He's given you all that you need to actually put that into motion. Now, you and I may wish that we had other gifts and other talents and other abilities. We think, well, I could really make a difference. I could really help people that way. Yeah, we can play that game (laughs) for, for the rest of our lives. But the Bible says is that you have been gifted and that I've been gifted. And we can put those into play. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. Notice how it's, it doesn't talk about God's generosity can flow to us, but through us. If you have given your life to Christ, the Bible says that it's your God-given, God-designed DNA to serve and to love the people around you. Write this down for number two. God's direction is to make a holy difference in others. God's direction is to make a holy difference in others. I want you to listen to this, this passage. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Now, Timothy was this was this young guy and, and he had worked with Paul and now he's, he's leading a, a church, a gathering. Uh, and Paul just has these incredible words. In fact, if you read First and Second Timothy, you see the journey of this young man to, to lead well and to lead others to follow 
and, uh, and pursue a relationship with Christ. And, and here's, what, here's what Paul tells him. He says, we can only keep on going after all by the power of God, who first saved us and then called us to what? This holy work, this holy work. We had nothing to do with it. It was all his idea, a gift prepared for us in Jesus long before we knew anything about it. Now, there's a lot of dimensions to this, this holy work. But when you look at the context of Paul's writing to him, it had to do with what he was doing to build up others to follow after Christ. Now, the word that we would probably use today for this is ministry. But don't, don't mistake this here. It is truly holy work, and it makes a holy difference in lives. Another word that we would use for this is service or serving. In fact, anytime you see the word serving in the Bible, it's the same word as ministry. And when you see the word servant, it's the same word for minister. And when you follow Jesus Christ and you are serving and giving to others, guess what? You're a minister of Jesus Christ. They may go, no, 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 that, that, that's not me. Yes, it is you. That's who God's called you to be. In this passage, Paul says that it's a gift from God. It's not a burden. It's not some chore that we have to do. Like, oh, I guess I have to put this into motion. It, it's a gift to serve. And it's our invitation to lean into God, to worship him and to know him, to read his word and to grow. It allows us to experience him in a deeper and more profound way each day. But that deepening relationship, I want you to hear this. That deepening relation shows up in the way that we love and serve those around us. It doesn't just stay bottled up in here, but it pours out, it seeps out into how we treat and how we respond to those around us. The spiritual exercises and activity that we do is not just to check off a list or to make us look impressive. It's so that we can fill the greatest commandment. Here's what Jesus said. He said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, in all your mind. Now, I want to pause there because I want to back up a little bit to go, what was Jesus teaching about here? Well, a guy had come up to him and said, Jesus, I know that there's commandments. I know we've got the Ten Commandments. We have the, the rules of the rabbi, all these things that are going on. But Jesus, I want to hear from you. What's the most important thing? Now, part of that was really their attempt to kind of trick him to say, oh, he was saying this rather than that. And, you know, it was one of those things that fell flat on its face. But they're trying to get Jesus to, to commit on this. So here's Jesus' reply. What, what's the greatest? What's the most important? Love the Lord your God, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Another, uh, this passage done in, in, in one of the other books where he adds his strength heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I'm going to love God with everything I am. Then he says this. It's the first and the greatest commandment. But a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law, Jesus said, and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Love God with all that I am and all that I have and grow deep in that. And then that relationship, that love, that acceptance spills out in love for others. God's love for you, God's love for me, and then in return, our love back to him 
it should show itself. It should spill out into how we love and serve others. Have you ever watched uh, like a movie or a TV show, something like ESPN or some of those Discovery Channels where they'll look into these uh, bodybuilding championships? Have you ever seen like a little documentary or a little special on those? These, these guys that work out, I mean, they're, they're just huge. I mean, it's just like muscle on top of muscle on top of muscle. They're just massive. Kind of like I was before my muscle reduction surgery. But if you've ever seen these shows and these different muscles, you, you'll see how they'll, they'll get, and they'll have like one little muscle right here. And they'll have just this certain exercise, this certain weight that they'll lift and do something. And it, all it does is build that one muscle. And really what they're trying to do is they're trying to fill in a gap on their physique. So it looks like everything just goes together. Then you think, what does that little muscle really do? I know it has some pur purpose. It's, it's probably actually a supporting muscle of something else, but they have worked it to such an extent that it actually stands out on its own. And you think, why does that muscle need to be that worked out? It doesn't. These guys have no use for those muscles. It's just for show. So let me ask you this. Why do you build spiritual muscle? Why do you look to strengthen your faith through God's word and worship and, and prayer? The things that we would look at, those, those foundational things that matter so much. Why do you do those? To go through the motions? To, to look good? To know that you checked off the right boxes? That's not why we do that. I don't go to God's word so that I can show someone at the end of the year, look, look how much I read. I don't pray so that I can mark something off on my to-do list that I, I, I went through the motions today. I do those things because my desire is to know Christ. My desire is to grow deep in him, to draw close to him. But the result of my drawing close, the, the result of my following him as I pursue him with heart, soul, mind, and strength is then to have, again, that spill over and make a holy difference in others. And I can't do that on my own. It's not about me. It's not about what, what I can do for Christ. And I want you to hear this. It's not about what, what we do for Christ. It's what, it's what we do with Christ, with him. That's his purpose and his direction for me, to walk with him, to know him, to follow after him. Remember that Matthew passage where, where Jesus talks about being yoked together? That we walk with him, that we, we do this in, in his strength and in his power, regardless of what my job is or what my major in school is or what my address is. Am I loving God with heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving and serving my neighbor? That's making a holy difference. Write this down for the last one. God's direction is to serve others in love. In love. Galatians 5, the Apostle Paul wrote these words. For you have been called to live in freedom. Not freedom to satisfy your sinful, uh, sinful nature, but freedom to serve one another in love. You've been called, I've been called to live in freedom, to 
throw off the shackles and, and to be free. But not so that I can just do what I want and satisfy my own selfish and sinful nature, but freedom to love and to serve those around me. Now, you and I both know that human nature always tends to lean towards self-protection and self-focus. We even have phrases for it. I'm taking care of number one, right? I'm taking care of number one. But when we come to Christ, we shift positions and we are not number one anymore. He is. So my desire, my purpose, my direction is to serve Christ and then to follow his lead and serve and love those around me. The Christ follower says, do I see a need? Who can I serve? Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 23. The greatest among you must be a servant. But those who exalt themselves, hey, it's all about me, I'm gonna do what I want, will be humbled. But those who humble themselves will be exalted, will be lifted up. To be a follower of Christ means to have the attitude of Christ. And he said, I came to serve. So what do we do about this? Well, I want to challenge you over these next weeks to take a step and to follow Christ in serving and in loving. And this is going to be different than probably anything you've ever heard. But in these last couple of minutes, I want you to grasp this. I know this past year has been challenging and unsettling. It has been for every single one of us in different ways and to different degrees. But I want to ask you to specifically pray over these next few days that you could get your eyes off of that concern and absorption with, with you and with self and to put your eyes on Jesus and ask him, to direct you and guide you to the needs of those around you and how you can serve and love them well. So back a number of years ago, we did something around here called Servolution. And it really did change our church. It changed this family. Many of you are here today because of that season of Servolution. Now, it later became Love Turlock. But in that time, our goal was to go out into the community and to serve and love people by taking on projects. We wanted in practical ways for people to see us loving, loving Jesus by, by loving our community. And it was amazing. And I will never forget the story of a group of guys that helped an elderly woman who lived in this trailer park. And all they did, this, this was the sum total of their project. They fixed the faucet on our kitchen sink took them about an hour, and that included running to the hardware store and getting a new faucet. But this woman hadn't known who to go to. She had been taken advantage of before, so she felt really uneasy about that, fearful. And, and the truth is, is that she didn't really have the funds to do a whole lot with it, so she, she was in this stuck spot. And she'd been washing her dishes in the bathtub. And you think, that's crazy. It's even crazier. She'd been doing it for 10 years. And when these guys came and put in an hour's work of time and put the, new, put the new faucet on, she just cried when they fixed it. That's showing God's love and grace in practical ways. 
And all through Servolution and Love Turlock, there were stories of hope, there were stories of care, stories of love, stories of acceptance, people who were embarrassed of their yard. And we pulled tons of trash out of people who just got stuck in cycles, all because God invited us to join him in what he was doing in our community. And I remember during those Servolution days, starting the, the day with 1,500 people jammed into our old auditorium and all those, those gold yellow t-shirts and we'd sing and we'd celebrate and then we would go and, the, and we would love. And I want to tell you, we may do that again in these coming years. It's not going to look like it did back then, but but as we move through this COVID and all the craziness, I, I believe God's inviting us to, to do that again. But I have a new challenge for you. And I have an acronym for you. And I'm not good on acronyms, but it's QAS. So I'm going to give you what that stands for. I want you to write this down. Quiet Acts of Service. Quiet Acts of Service. And I believe in this season, this is what Christ is calling us to. No t-shirts, no band, no big hurrah, no newspaper articles, no photographers and videographers making sure we capture every moment of this. I believe that God is, is calling, he's directing each one of us to pray and to ask God, who around me needs a little kindness? Who around me needs a hand of help. Who around me needs an expression of love? I'll bet every single one of us knows someone who's tested positive for COVID. You probably know someone right now. You maybe are someone right now. And, and maybe there's some people around you that you already know. And guess what? They may need a few groceries. Maybe they just need someone to go get the groceries. They can order them online. Maybe they need someone to run to the pharmacy. Yeah, I know we have Uber groceries and DoorDash and all these kinds of things. But what if you stepped in? Just quietly. There's not to be anonymously, but just quietly, kindly. Maybe it's just a handwritten note. Maybe it's a text. Maybe it's a call to let someone know you're thinking about them and that you're praying for them. And by the way, if you say that, you really do pray for them. It might be raking leaves. It might be baking cookies. It might be sending a meal. It might be giving a parent a break with their kids. And I know that's tricky right now, but you may be in a position with someone you already know to take that step. Maybe it's giving your time to a local ministry like Turlock Gospel Mission or the Pregnancy Center or Prodigal Sons and Daughters. Or maybe, maybe the ultimate act of serving love and kindness is just... It's just listening to someone. It's just showing some empathy and care to someone who's really been struggling. Again, no t-shirt, no band, no newspaper article. Just quiet acts of service. Following the direction of Jesus by loving and serving God, by loving and serving those around us. Remember, you're not doing it for Jesus. You're not trying to score points. This is not about uh, getting a gold star. But you're being invited to do this with Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you showed us. You showed us 
by sending your son to live here among us, to, to serve us, to care for us, to give a pure life for, for us. And Lord, I, I pray that as we're seeking direction for jobs and, and uh, school and home and family and relationships and all these things, we keep going, which way do I turn? Which way do I turn? Which way do I go? All along, you just keep inviting us to lean in close. And sometimes, Lord, when we stop the focus on us and what we want and begin to serve others, you continue to make your way so clear to us. And Father, I thank you for the invitation that we don't have to somehow prove ourselves to you. We don't have to somehow uh, make up for our lack. You've already done that on the cross. But instead, you invite us to love and serve those around us with you. You're already there. You're already at work. And you just simply invite us to join you. So Lord, I pray in these coming weeks, we would make this part of our own DNA and desire to just do quiet acts of service. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let me send you off with this verse from Hebrews chapter 6. God is not unjust, and he will not forget your work and the love that you have shown him as you've helped his people, and you continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that, you, so that what you hope for may be fully realized. I know this is a tiring, crazy season, but don't give up hope. Don't become weary in doing good. But take a step and join with Jesus in serving those around you. Have a great day.